You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Appreciate you joining me today. Uh, I'm recording this on a Tuesday night. You're listening to it on Wednesday. November 11th as TCU is coming off a win against Texas Tech and we inch closer to a game against West Virginia that I feel like will basically decide whether this team finishes the season with a winning or a losing record. Uh, Maybe I'm not giving them enough of a chance against Oklahoma State. I know the Pokes have not looked as good the last few weeks and my pal Matt Jennings thinks that that is still a very winnable game. And I would give TCU a puncher's chance. I mean, it's a home game. It's going to be the last game of the season. Um, I'm just sort of skeptical the way things are going right now. They're going to be able to get that done. So, to me, West Virginia and Kansas are the two that you win to try to get to 5-4 and four and have a winning season. I have some Gary Patterson audio today, and I want to split up. I have one clip per segment. I want to play something that he said from the Big 12 teleconference earlier this week and then react to it. And uh, we'll do that here. Um, we'll do that in, in all three segments today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Appreciate you uh, listening today. And you can send me feedback. I tweeted something out last night on the show's Twitter account, at LockedOnTCU. What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Um, the bye week's coming up next. And I have some things in mind that I want to try and do. But I'd appreciate any, uh, any advice, any feedback that you want to give me because I'm kind of flying blind at the moment and just trying to put things together that I think are interesting. But would love to know what you like about the pod, what you don't, and uh, I'll try to adjust accordingly as we enter the fourth week of, uh, of doing this together. Um, this first Gary Patterson clip, and again, this is the Big 12 teleconference that he spoke at earlier this week. He was asked about O'Shawn Mathis who had a huge game on Saturday against Texas Tech. And he talked about O'Shawn's development and the patience that he's had um, to become a good player and just sort of seeing it pay off for him in that game in Fort Worth on Saturday. Well, you know, we've uh, he's been frustrated because, you know, he's a young player um, that played four games and then redshirted and then you know, basically was a redshirt freshman just coming in. And he, and he set out spring because he had – surgery and then didn't, didn't go through it then we didn't have spring and he's just starting I, on my last uh either radio show or ever you know it's, it's we've been working real hard to get him confidence get him to where he starts playing at the level that he has the ability to play at you know he's a six five 250 pound guy that runs probably high four five low four six and um you know to play to what uh, his abilities are and so uh last week he got an opportunity you know he played like that I told him he needed to act like Coach P, not like Gary. Get a little, get a little bit more attitude about him, and, and um, you know, he had a really, he really had a good ball game last week. So, you know, we need him if he keeps progressing like Kyrie Coleman, our freshman on the other side. You know, you're ending up really with, we feel like we're going to have four or five ends that we can rotate all the time that uh, gives us an opportunity against all these high octane uh, offenses, and so you don't get tired. So, but yeah, we were way excited about him. He's got a great future here. So, I'm really happy for O'Shawn. I remember last year going into the season and just being so excited about his potential because Gary 
was really high on him and was just heaping praise on the job that he had done um, in the off season and in spring ball. And I mean, you guys know how Gary is. He's not someone that's just going to heap a lot of praise on somebody, especially a young player who hadn't really proven it on the field yet. In last season, I think relative to expectations for him were, were a disappointment. But this year, he's been really good. He's been consistent against the run all season. And the last few weeks, he's gotten after the passer. And I feel like the defense has improved dramatically the past few uh, Saturdays because of this defensive line. I mean, to me, that's the key. Mathis is getting to the quarterback. Patrick Jenkins is doing it. Um, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Coleman has been getting after the quarterback really since that Texas game. He's emerged as someone you can count on. And when they can get pressure with their front four, it's just a completely different group. And you've seen the point totals go down. You've seen the yardage go down. You've seen the explosive plays go down. And that's going to be a huge thing this week because, I mean, we know the situation at corner. Gary was uh, pretty evasive in his press conference and in the teleconference about giving any sort of update on Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, or Keon Stewart, or any of the guys that could be available um, for Saturday. He, he did mention in his press conference today that one year Deontay Gray had to move over to corner, and he's considering doing that this week. He didn't say who it would be. Now, Deontay Gray played great in that game, and he talked about that, that he didn't give up any catches. Um, Deontay Gray also had some experience in the secondary, and that was an Iowa State team in 2013 that was not very good and wasn't really anything worth getting excited about offensively. So I feel like that's a little bit of a different matchup. West Virginia is not going to blow you away with their athletes on the outside, but they have some um, consistent good wide receivers with strong hands. And Daigie is not a great quarterback, but he's serviceable. So they're going to take some deep shots. I fully expect the Mountaineers to try to do that, um, to try to take advantage of some of the issues that TCU has had defensively defending the pass. And the Frogs are going to have to be ready for it. I mean, that's just the, the deal. So if you can get to the quarterback, then it, it limits what they can do passing the football. And it's going to protect those young corners like a C.J. Caesar who was out there for the first time ever and gave up a couple touchdown uh, passes. Um, it's going to help them out. We'll find out Saturday what that rotation is going to look like. Really hope Tomlinson's able to go because I just feel like as long as he can play, that shores up your rotation a little bit, and you can throw somebody out there at that number one corner spot who has a pretty good idea of what they're doing and go toe-to-toe with somebody. If he's hurt, then it becomes an adventure. <laughs> and uh, to me, at that point, it really falls on the defensive line to get after the passer and make life difficult for Jarrett Dagey because if he has time to sit back there and he's picking on young, inexperienced corners all day, then it could be a long day for TCU, especially if they can't get things going offensively. Coming up next, uh, I want you to hear Gary talk about the struggles in the passing game that the Frogs are having, and he basically just says, hey, let's be patient about it. But first, I want to tell you about Coors Light. I tell you about Coors Light just about every day, and for good reason. It's a great drink. It's a great beer. It's the beer that's made to chill. It's the beverage that should be there for you when you get that moment to chill. Um, it's cold brewed, it's cold lagered, it's cold mountain refreshment. Again, when you get that uninterrupted me time, when you get that chance to unwind, to uh, take a load off and 
just reset after a tough day, grab a Coors Light. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And here's a really cool thing. You can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. They have 18 new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. I personally love that cookies and cream flavor. Another flavor I'm a big fan of is peanut butter. And if uh, if you're wondering, well, this snack, you know, is it good for me? It's only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of, of net carbs. So it, it's something, it's good fuel for your body. You're not going to have to worry about, oh, is, am I going to put some weight on with this? It's good fuel. It's something you can eat before a workout, before um, a long shift at work, and it's going to get you through the day. You can get a, a free cooler with a purchase of Built Bars right now if you go to BuiltBar.com and use a promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use a promo code LOCKEDON. You get 20% off your next order. I encourage you to get the peanut butter or the cookies and cream flavor. Get a box today. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Locked on Horn Frogs, second segment of the day, and we've talked a couple times this week about what the heck TCU's trying to do offensively. They've suddenly turned into a team that's running the ball 40 to 50 times a game. Max Duggan's not really getting many opportunities to throw the football around the yard. So what's going on? And, and Gary came out on Saturday and said, hey, you know, the deal was um, – couldn't throw the football because of what Tech was doing on defense. They just made it really hard for us, so we had to abandon it and stick with the run game. But 23 attempts, only 3.2 yards per attempt from Duggan. I mean, those are – that's the type of offense. Those are the types of numbers that you run when you have your third or fourth string quarterback in there. It's just – it's not taking any shots down the field. Now, they did take a couple of vertical shots – one ball was intercepted on the first play of the game. And then the other one to Quentin Johnson I thought was a catch, but they ruled it incomplete on the field, and they stayed with that ruling even when they went to replay. So Gary was asked on this teleconference, what's going on with the passing game, and do you have hope that it will uh, that it'll get better? Well, uh, yeah, there's always hope. I mean, it's, the bottom line to it is, is you know, it's um, number one, we get our chances. we got to catch the balls. We got to be where we need to be, uh, you know, with the young receiving new new receiving core. You know, uh, people change coverages and do things. Young guys have to; they've got to learn where to be and how to how to move on the run. And so we got to keep doing that as we go forward. Uh, there's not anybody that plays defense in this league that's not going to do that. That we play left, you know, especially West Virginia. They they change their coverages up a lot on how they do things. And so uh, you've got to be able to read on the run and get ready to go. But uh, yeah, we it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good future for us. The guys that we have, the guys that are growing up, the potential that they have. Uh, you know, we just gotta we have to you have to throw the ball better. Every week's a different week. So for us, uh, here's a good week. You gotta go on the road and get ready to go. But I mean, hope. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a fan, so I'm not a dire straits person. I don't live off three hours on the Saturday. I have to keep my job for the three hours on a Saturday, and so. Uh, you know, for me, I yeah, there's a lot of hope. There's, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of optimism to understand that we're going to be very good at that. You know, we just need them to be a lot better at it than we were last week. So, so sort of took issue with the fact that the hope 
um, I guess the question of do you have hope? And he basically says, I don't, I don't traffic in hope. I'm a head football coach. That's not something I get worked up about. I don't have time to, to be hopeful. I, I'm working hard. The guys are working hard. It does seem like Gary really appreciates this team and how they go to war for each other. And I think that's an encouraging thing because I felt like at the end of last year, he was really worn down. And I don't know if there were some factions in that locker room or if things just got away from them late in the season when it started to go downhill. But he made that comment at the end of the year of, well, maybe it's good we didn't go to a bowl game because these kids will learn a lesson and uh, they'll understand that when you have a down year, you don't get rewarded with that. So it seemed like last season really wore on him. And I, I think he has a renewed energy. He does seem to like the young guys that they have there and how they've bought in and are at least trying to do what they've been asked to do um, over the past few weeks, which is, is good. And I also think it's encouraging that he seems to like this wide receiver group. You know, Quentin Johnston, from a production standpoint, you want him to get the ball more. But just the fact that they're trying to use him so much is is a really good sign because we've seen in the past true freshmen don't get that much run. Even like Jalen Rager, when he was a true freshman, they got him the ball. And I remember especially late in the year, you know, the Alamo Bowl game comes to mind, and there were some others uh, where he started to get more and more involved in the offense. But he was not the focal point of that offense. I feel like there have been times – for TCU this year where Quentin Johnston, they just seem to view him as the best weapon on the team, the best player on that offense, and uh, that's good news. And he seems to like who they have uh, working in and out at wide receiver. So all that being said, I just come back to the question that I've been asking all week, which is why are you not using this more? If you like this receiving core, you obviously like Max. Is his arm messed up? Is there something going on? I just can't really buy. I'm sorry. I just can't really buy that Texas Tech was doing something so inventive and so complicated defensively that you couldn't throw the football. Now, maybe they made it hard on you and you just decided, you know what, we're going to run the ball instead because that seems to be what's working today. But, I mean, as a coaching staff, as an offensive coaching staff, it's your job, and Gary's not on the offensive side of the ball. I understand that. I'm talking about – you know, Meacham and Cumbie and Jerry Kill, it's your job to adjust and figure out, okay, what are they doing and how can we attack it? And I guess they did by going to the power run game, but you can't let teams just make you one-dimensional. That's just not a recipe for success. And I feel like this is the week you're going to have to start throwing the football more and finding out what you have there. So I'm glad that Gary has optimism um, about, you know, improving some things in the passing game. I, I'm glad that he really seems to like this core group of receivers that they have. We just need to see it put into action. And, I mean, you, you got some weapons. Like, there's a whole route tree that you can run with Quentin Johnson. It doesn't have to just be fades and tunnel screens. Same thing with Tate Barber. I mean, it doesn't just have to be some RPO concepts and then a crossing pattern. Like, find ways to get these guys the ball in that intermediate passing game. Where's Pro Wells? I, I just – I want to I want to see this start to come together before the end of the season. And you're running out of games here. you got three games left. And I feel like there's so much potential to really start um, 
challenging teams and hurting teams with your pass game. We saw it in the second half against Iowa State. We saw it a little bit against Texas. And then it just sort of fell off the cliff. And I'm, I'm still confused as to what exactly is going on there and, and why they can't adjust. Okay, if defenses are doing something to you that make it difficult to pass, well, then you got to figure out how can we get around that in the passing game. So hopefully we see that this week in Morgantown. Uh, we'll close up shop with one more Gary quote just on West Virginia and this team and some of the challenges that they present. That's next on Locked on Horn Frogs. Final segment, Locked on Horn Frogs. Don't forget, please subscribe, uh, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple. I tell you this all the time, so some of you might be tuning me out. But when you subscribe, you get the um, pods sent directly to your phone. It downloads automatically to your phone. So when you wake up, I try to get this up at 6 a.m. every morning. When you wake up on your morning commute, you can listen to it. You can listen to it on your way home. You can listen to it on your way to the gym. It's just easier than going to the app and searching every single day, Locked on Horn Frogs. <clears throat> or you can follow me on Twitter at Locked on Horn Frogs and at Simcox Steven. And I get those episodes up um, and tweet it out some point in the morning. But it's actually on the feed by 6 a.m. Um, every morning. And that's what I've been shooting for. Uh, so far, and it's been, it's been working out. So, West Virginia this week, we talked about O'Shawn Mathis and this defensive line and how important they're going to be with TCU having a young secondary out there on Saturday. We also discussed this uh, this passing game and the struggles they're having, and Gary essentially said that he has hope that they can figure this thing out, and he thinks that they're on the right track. They just have to clean some things up, and I hope they – um, can figure out what that is before they roll into Morgantown. But finally, this West Virginia team, what challenges do they present? Who are they? What do they do well? Here's Gary Patterson on the Mountaineers. Well, they got enough. They really, they really have, you know, probably one of the better, de- not the best defensive line in the league. Uh, Still brothers along with the rest of the group. I mean, they are very, they're a very physical group, both sides of the ball. But, uh, you know, they come out here and they, they especially play better at home. And so, uh, you know, they've won, they've, they've won an overtime game at home against Baylor. Then they got out to Kansas State. Kansas State turned the ball over. And so, you know, you got you got to get ready to play. when you. It's like anybody else. People play, as a general rule, play a lot better at home. And so uh, there are three losses that come on the road. The four games of wins have come at home. And so, uh, you know, the, the problem we have is uh, we're playing them at home, so we got to go get ready to play. But the good part is, is that you know we probably played better on the road than we played at home. So uh, you know we'll see how that all goes. So the first thing that jumps off the page with West Virginia is that defensive line, and the Stills brothers are incredible. Uh, Dante and Darius Stills, they get after the quarterback. They're versatile. They can play inside. They can play outside, and they're going to rush the passer. And they have a really good defensive line. So automatically as a TCU fan, I'm sure that gets the alarm bells up because you know the struggles of this O-line. Now, I think it's been better the last couple weeks. I really don't even know how to assess their performance against Texas Tech. They did a really nice job in the run game, the passing game. I don't even know if they threw the ball enough to really give a fair determination on what exactly they were doing. But this is a good defensive line. So you're going to see a pass rush maybe either similar or maybe better than what you saw against Oklahoma. And we all know how that game played out and their inability to protect Max Duggan. So I'm expecting quick passes. I'm expecting, you know, some some runs on early downs. I know that makes some of you guys cringe. 
but just to try to get some of that pressure off and not allow them to just tee off on TCU all day. Offensively, you know, Letty Brown's a good running back. They're big, they're physical up front, and then Jarrett Dagey um, is serviceable. I think he's an upgrade. You know, they had Austin Kendall, the transfer from Oklahoma, at the beginning of last year, and that experiment didn't really work out, and they transitioned to Dagey, and the team got better. I mean, they beat Kansas State. They beat TCU in Fort Worth in what was an ugly game. They played Oklahoma State pretty tough late last season, so you could see the improvement. And Daigie can get things done. Now, last week they struggled, especially in the red zone. So, you know, can TCU limit those big plays and make them sustain drives like Texas did and then clamp down when they get some scoring opportunities? That's going to be a huge key to this game. I remember last year when uh, the Big 12 had so many new head coaches. Uh, Matt Wells, Neil Brown, Les Miles, and we had Bruce Feldman on, on one of the radio shows I work on. And I asked Bruce, I said, out of the new coaches in the league, who do you think is going to be the most successful? And without hesitation, he said Neil Brown. Um, I didn't know much about Neil before he got to WVU. I knew he was at Troy. I know Troy had gotten better. And really all I knew about Troy college football before Neil Brown got to West Virginia was that DeMarcus Ware went there and they had, you know, the occasional good team every few years that would be in a, a meaningful bowl game. He really built that program from the ground up after they had had a rough stretch. And he parlayed that in the West Virginia job. They had a number of transfers, but this is a he, – he's figured this thing out. And they're a disciplined team. They play hard. Um, they play together. That's something that jumps off the page, and they don't really beat themselves. And you saw that last year. They just sort of hung around, hung around, hung around. It seemed like TCU was the better team, the more talented team. But West Virginia just kept finding ways to stay in that football game. And then late they made a few plays, and they ended up capitalizing to win that thing. So this is going to be a tough matchup on the road. They play, they're play; 4-0 at home, West Virginia is, which is interesting because they have limited capacity at Morgantown. So it's not – quite as crazy, you know, as a – well, it's, it's just not. It's not as crazy as a full crowd, especially not a full crowd. A night game is going to be an 11 a.m. game, limited crowd. So it should be a pretty sleepy atmosphere. But even without the crowd involved, West Virginia has been really good at home. So this is going to be a huge test for TCU. Um, I want to get more into this matchup, kind of the nitty-gritty, the key matchups tomorrow. I'm hoping to have Keenan Cummings on, who covers West Virginia for uh, the Rivals Network. And – We'll just sort of go from there. But more West Virginia TCU preview tomorrow. Quick note, congratulations to Grace Collins. She got named Big 12 uh, Player of the Week in in uh, Big 12 soccer. And she had that game-winning goal that put TCU over the top and got up in Big 12 championships. So congratulations to her. And again, congratulations to the TCU soccer team for winning the Big 12 title. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It'll be a Thursday edition of the Lockdown Horn Frogs podcast. I appreciate you tuning in to the Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Horn Frogs podcast. If you like what you heard, tell somebody. You can follow me on Twitter, my personal account, at SimcockSteven, and the show's account, at LockedOnTCU. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.